Hey guys, the Beals once said, all you need is love. That's what we're talking about in this episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. It's all about love. 1 Corinthians 13. Let's talk about love today. All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking. So today we're diving into love. It's my anniversary next Friday. We're going to talk about a little about love, and we're going to read 1 Corinthians 13. It's a short chapter. We're going to read it. We're going to talk about it. And thank you for joining me for this episode. So let me have a sip of coffee. We'll get diving in. Uh, regardless of where you're watching or listening to this, <clears throat> we put this message out everywhere we can. Uh, if we record it Mondays and Fridays live on Instagram, uh, you can also watch it on YouTube afterwards. Uh, and you can finally, of course, listen to it anywhere you'd like to on the podcast, uh, Google, uh, Apple, Spotify, all over the place. But that's where we do our Bible reading and our coffee drinking. So today's episode, we are diving into 1 Corinthians 13. As you can see, I have some highlights there because I love this chapter. And it's all about love, how love is the greatest. It's actually the title of the chapter that I have in my Bible. So there's some pretty kind of popular or famous verses in here that we're going to dive into a little bit. Uh, so we are going to talk about love. I love you guys. I'm happy and excited about my anniversary next Friday. Uh, and love comes from God first and foremost. There's lots of chapters in the Bible talking about love. There's lots of chapters in the Bible talking about God love the world, right? John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whoever believes in him should not perish or have and have everlasting life. So think about love comes from God first and foremost. So today, this is the 1 Corinthians, which is written by Paul. Uh, this is some of the part of his letters that we like to read here on the Bible Reading Coffee Drinking. Uh, so this is to the Church of Corinth, and this is the first uh, letter that he wrote to that church. And that's where we are in the timeline of the Bible. So this is after the Gospels and before we kind of get into some other uh, letters and so forth. So this is 1 Corinthians 13. Let's dive in. Let me have a sip of coffee and get my old man glasses so I can see. All right, love is the greatest. All right, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So first one just hits off right. Paul's talking about, you know, if I could speak all the languages, but I didn't love everybody, then nobody would understand what I was saying. I'm just a, a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy... And I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Verse 3, If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. So Paul starts off the chapter specifically talking about he can do these things. If he could move mountains, if he could give his money to the poor... If he could speak all the languages, if he could have the gift of prophecy, that would be great. But without love, it's nothing. So those empty gestures would be meaningless unless they're being done in love. I love the last one, part three. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Empty gestures. You've got to do what you want to do through love. Love makes everything possible. And of course, verse 4 is one of the most popular in all of the Bible. 
1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. Obviously, the first part of that, love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. So let's talk about what love is and what love isn't real quick. Okay? Love is patient and kind. Period. That's the end of the sentence. (laughs) That's all Paul says. Love is patient and love is kind. What is love not? Jealous, boastful, proud, no pride in love, or rude. So if you're jealous, if you're boastful, if you have pride, if you're rude, then you don't have love. Not true love. Not God-given love. Not love from above. All right, let's dive. uh, Let's go back into six. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I love the fact that, I love the fact, I love the fact that it talks about that love never loses faith, is always hopeful, it never gives up. And rejoices whenever the truth wins out. That's one thing I think our society has lost out on right now, and our culture specifically, is the truth. You hear a lot of people talking about my truth. This is my truth. Excuse me. There is no my truth. There is only the truth. And we're talking about what really moves people and what the reason why we're really here on this planet and what we're supposed to do, which is love each other. And if you have love and you act in love, the truth wins out. We will never give up. We won't lose faith. We will be hopeful and we will endure through every circumstance. So if you... If you transfer the word love out of this verse, in verse 7, and put God there, because God is love. Let's just follow me for a second, okay? God never gives up. God never loses faith. God is always hopeful. God endures through every circumstance. Think about it in that sense. God loves you so much, he will never give up on you. He won't lose faith in you. He'll always be hopeful for you, and he'll help you endure through every circumstance. So if we act the way God acts, if we act in love, we will never give up. We will never lose faith. We will always be hopeful, and we will endure through every circumstance if we follow God's lead. There's only one truth, and that's the truth that God Almighty created everything and everybody. And he loves us so much. But yet we don't understand that, so we don't act in love with everything. We judge, we condemn, we fight, we hate. That's not of God. God wants us to love each other. Now, some people comment on my tattoo on my arm, which is 
Somebody asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, and he said, love God with all your heart, soul, your mind. The second commandment, which is just as important, love each other as you love yourself. We have to love each other. And if we do love each other, then everything else is going to work itself out. We can show them the truth, the truth about God and about Jesus and about this world. And stop getting bogged down in all the lies of our society. All right, let's keep going. I digress. All right, let's get back to the scripture. Uh, let's go to verse 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge would become useless, but love will last forever. That's interesting how it calls out that, because prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, because those things are worldly things. Right now, we read the Old Testament, we read about prophecy, we read about Jesus coming back, we read about things to come in Revelation, we read about these things. These are prophetic words. Speaking in unknown languages will become useless, because one day we'll be in heaven and be able to understand each other. And special knowledge, all that will become useless. But the love we have here for each other will last forever. And the love we have for God and the love that God has for us will last forever. Verse 9, excuse me, verse 9. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. So it pivots between love will last forever, and then Paul basically says, but I know you don't understand that. Right? I know you don't understand that, because your knowledge, our knowledge, is only partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. That is a powerful statement. So no matter how much we memorize and study the Bible and understand what has happened and what will come, it's only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. What do you think it means by that when Paul references when the time of perfection comes? There's only one man who has walked on this earth that has been perfect, and that is Jesus Christ. So when the time that Jesus comes back, these partial things would become useless. Basically, what he's saying is there, love one another, love will last forever, understand the love that you have for God and that he has for you, love each other. The rest of the stuff that you think is important in this world you may think prophecy is important or studying other languages or special knowledge and all these other things that you've studied. If you go back at the top, he's talking about the gift of prophecy and the secret plans possession of all knowledge and the faith and so forth. But when Jesus comes back, these partial things become useless because we'll understand the entire picture. The reason why our world gets so confused is because we don't know everything and we think we're entitled to know everything. That's what faith is about, is reading this Bible, understanding who Jesus was, understanding what God has planned for you, but also understanding that you don't know everything, and that's okay. We only have partial knowledge, as he writes here. So instead of getting bogged down in what we do or don't know, focus on the love that God has given us. That's what this chapter is talking about. All right, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childless things. 
Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. And then we will see everything with then, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All I know now is partial and incomplete. And then I will know, but then when Jesus comes back, we're still referencing that verse, but then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. So once again, Paul goes into this whole bit about, hey, when you were a child, you thought and you reasoned and you and you we were childlike, especially our faith. And Jesus talks about having childlike faith. So that's important, a kind of a correlation to be more like a child on that stuff. But when we were a child, we spoke and thought like a child. When I grew up, I put away the childish things. I got wrapped up in the world. I had a hard time when we grow older, we have so much thrown at us. We have so much quote unquote knowledge of things that we have learned and experienced that we forget what it's like to have childlike faith and to look at the world through the eyes of a child. So when we grow up, we put those childish things away. Now we see, now we see as adults, now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But when Jesus comes back, we'll see everything with perfect clarity. All I know now is partial and incomplete. So what Paul is talking about there is the fact that children have a simplistic view and they don't know any better, and they they lead their life with childlike faith, and they love Jesus and they love God with this childlike faith, this belief. Then when we grow up, we get distracted. The devil starts working on us. Life gets in the way. Our culture goes crazy. And it's only then that we realize that we are only partially knowledgeable and we're incomplete. We need to go back to understanding what the world is really about. And when Jesus comes back, we'll understand. Let's finish up in 13, 13. Now, this may be one of the top three most popular verses of the Bible. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the grace of these is love. So whether we're here on earth, whether we go to be in heaven with Christ and all of our family, faith, hope, and love will remain. Those are not earthly emotions. But the grace of those is love. So, if you kind of sum up 1 Corinthians 13, we don't know everything. We think we do. We think we're entitled to know everything. But what we forget is what the true, specifically the three things that God gives us as he creates us on this earth, which is faith, hope, and love. We have to have faith in God and faith in each other. We have hope for a better future and, and, and what's to come. And we've got to understand what love is. Love is patient and love is kind. It's not jealous, not boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It's not any of those things. Love is pure, especially the love that God has for you. Okay? 
So remember that. So as I go into my week and start celebrating my anniversary this week, <laughs> I want to be filled with the fact that the greatest of all things that God gave us, as it talks about in 13, the greatest of all things that God gives us is love. And I am, and, and the, the love I have for my wife and my family comes from God, which is a beautiful thing. 1 Corinthians 13. It's a great chapter, isn't it? All right, so let's uh, let's move on. Uh, this is the time of the Bible reading, coffee drinking episode that we'll answer some questions. So if uh, you're live on Instagram, make sure you have your questions on the bottom there. And I will uh, read a few. I'll read a few. We'll, uh, then we'll go about our weekend. Uh, thank you uh, for the happy anniversary uh, wishes here that I see on the screen. I appreciate that. Where did I buy your hat or my hat? Uh, I actually, I created this. So uh, you can go to livingchristian.org which is my website, and I have a store there with t-shirts and hats and different things. So I made this. Uh, this is one of my designs. Hopefully you got it. If you like it, you can go get it. If you sign up for the newsletter, you get 15% off. So there you go. I'm throwing out a pitch. I didn't normally do those things, uh, but uh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, we have that hat on the store. You can go to my bio here on Instagram and click on the link there, and uh, I have a graphic there for uh, to the store and to this hat. So it's one of my new ones. Uh, people are, seem to like it. So let's answer a few questions and we'll go about our weekend. So, okay. <clears throat> uh, seeing as your, uh, your anniversary is on Friday, will, will you still be doing Bible reading in the morning? Yes, I will. I still have to work. My wife has to work. We still have to go about our lives. We'll celebrate. Uh, but yeah, my plan is to do a, uh, another episode next Friday. That's for sure. All right, let's, um, let's keep going down. I got lots of questions today. Let me kind of scroll through for a second and I'll see which ones I hope we can tackle. Uh, how do you love someone who's hurtful with their words, proud and mocks you? Jenny, that is a great question. That deserves a sip of coffee before we dive into that. So let me pull that up again, just to make sure that I answer your correct, uh, your question correctly. All right. How do you love someone who's hurtful with their words, proud and mocks you? I'll tell you this much. We just talked about, as we read first Corinthians 13, how God, how love comes from God. How, if we go back to John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Love comes from God. So when I deal with people that, uh, that I love, that maybe uh, be hurtful to me, or whether they're, you know, words proud and mocks you, um, I think about how God loves us. As a, as, a, as a normal father, as a proud father that he is, he loves us regardless of how we Act. So if God can love us, even though we mock him, we are hurtful to him, we are prideful, God doesn't stop loving us. He may not be happy with us, right? So me as a father of two, if my one of my daughters is, is hurtful to me or rude to me, it doesn't mean I stop loving them. I can be upset with them. I may want to have a chat with them and get them back straight and narrow, but I don't stop loving them. So if you're acting in love in the sense of the way God loves you and God forgives you, you have to in turn pass that on to someone else. Now, what I have also found with people, and um, not everybody, it's not a, you know, this is a broad stroke, but this has happened. I've seen um, when I'm dealing with people that are hurtful to me or prideful towards me or mocking me or whatever, your, Jenny, your, your reference is there. If I react in the same way to them, it fosters that behavior and it just becomes kind of a mess. 
But if I react in love and forgiveness towards them, oh, they don't like that. Right? They don't understand that. Because what those people are looking for is a reaction from you. They're, they're, they're pushing negativity on you and expecting negativity to come back to them so they can kind of have this dialogue and battle. And it kind of substantiates their behavior in their minds. It tells them that it's okay to act hurtful and rude and mock you. So if you respond in love, boy, that's, that, that's going to change their perspective. They may go back and go, you know what? What is happening? How, why didn't they get mad at me? <laughs> so the best way to act is act in love back to them. I know it's hard. I know it's not much fun. I know it's challenging. I know that's not the natural emotion that we have when people are hurtful towards us. The natural emotion is just to give it right back to them. But that's not what God would want us to do. All right. Hopefully that helps. All right. So let's uh, take a couple, a couple other questions. Um, all right. So it is okay for a saved person to be in a relationship with an unsaved person that believes in God and is trying to turn their life around? Yes. Yes, there are lots of Bible verses talking about relationships, okay? Maybe I'll do a list on this on my website. Yeah, on one hand, it talks about not being equally yoked and making sure you're equally yoked with your partner spouse. That's absolutely true. There are plenty of Bible verses. I was reading Romans yesterday. I apologize, I don't know the exact verse. But it talks about the fact that if you're married to a uh, non-believer or somebody who's, uh, you know, working through that, be a good influence on them. And that way you can work through your kids. And it's okay. Okay, and it's okay. So I would say if, if you're saved and you're in a relationship with an unsaved person that believes in God and is trying to turn their life around, then 100%. Help them work through. Maybe God puts you in that relationship so you can help them get to where they need to be. Maybe God puts you in that relationship so you can help save them and you can show them who Jesus is. So 100%, don't give up on people like that. If you, if you, now, if they leave, the Bible talks about if, if your spouse leaves because you're a believer and they're not and they eventually leave you, let them go. But while you have them, while you're in a relationship with them, just teach them about Jesus and love. You never know. Maybe God's using you. All right. Uh, let's take, uh, what time is it? Yeah, we got two more questions. Uh, which Bible version, unedited, should I buy? Needed to study. I have a Spanish Bible. Need English. So uh, I read the New Living Translation. Um, I've read that for a long time. I grew up uh, Southern Baptist, so I kind of grew up on the King James Version, uh, which I still like, but it's, uh, it's challenging to read through at times. Um, ESV is a really easy one to read. Uh, New International Version is an easy one to read, but I wouldn't stray farther from those four. I hate to say that. I'm not a, a translation you know, snob by any stretch of the means. Whichever translation that you can find that you will read on a daily basis or a regular basis, that's the one for you. So don't get bogged down too much on the translation. My advice is to download the YouVersion Bible app and read a little bit and flip back and forth between some verses and see which one that you like. See which one makes the most sense for you. See which one that you will dive into. Because the most important thing you can do is to read your Bible on a regular basis. And if it's too hard or confusing, you're not going to do it. So find a Bible translation that works for you. I know that's not a popular opinion. I know I'll get some grief from that. That is the truth in my mind. Okay? Uh, have you seen the movie Nefarious? I have not. It is on my list. 
Uh, it's supposed to be pretty good as well as kind of spooky, but we'll read it. Um, all right, take one more question and we'll get out of here. Um, all right, so uh, God, this is uh, Barrett. So God has been moving in my life this week and changing me. Congratulations. I want to bring my husband closer to him. He was saved as a young man and has been raised in the church and loves our God. But I am worried about him. How can I bring him closer to God? So, you say a couple of things here. You talked about him being saved as a young man. You talk about he loves the Lord in all caps you put there. But I'm worried about him. How can I bring him closer to God? Why are you worried about him? Is he not quite as close to God as you're really feeling? Are you worried that he's straying away from God? Could be the case. Now, my wife was saved early on. We go to church together. We pray together. I'm always worried about her. I think that's all part of being in a relationship with someone that you love. But I find that if you are honest and open and communicate in your marriage about these things, that you'll have a better understanding of where he is with his walk. So... My advice, if you're asking for it, one, pray for him. Nothing you can do is more important than praying for your spouse. Two, be completely and open and honest. If y'all talk about your family, you talk about your wants and desires, you talk about finances, you talk about these things, talk about your faith. Be open about your faith. Be open about your concerns and where you're at. Three, pray together. Pray together every single night. And if you miss one night, don't miss two. Keep praying together. What you'll find is the fact that you'll get on the same path better and closer. I promise. So pray for him and pray together. But have open conversations so you can see kind of, you know, where he's where he's at, where he really is, instead of just you kind of guessing from the outside because nobody really knows what's in somebody's heart but ask him if you guys are married ask him you should be able to have that conversation but pray together it's very important i promise you it's healed many marriages it works i promise all right sip a coffee and then we'll uh, say a prayer and we'll go on down the road dear heavenly father thank you so much for bringing us together today and reading first corinthians 13 God, we love you so much, and we're so grateful and thankful that you love us too. You love us so much that you sent Jesus to sacrifice and die for our sins. There's no greater love than that. Thank you for the words that you gave us and teaching us that things like faith and hope and love are eternal. That these worldly things, these distractions of the devil, these this busyness of life, this kind of searching for knowledge that we have, is so temporary compared to what's eternal. One day it'll all fade away, and Lord, will be with you. On one hand, we're nervous about when that day may come, but on the other hand, it is such a blessing, Lord. And we're so thankful for it. Thank you so much for being the example of what love is. Please give us the strength and the courage and the conviction to love each other the way you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday for another episode. 
and thanks for joining me today on this uh, on this special vibrating uh, coffee drink and love episode. Uh, until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. God bless you guys. Mm-hmm.